Dear Mr. Hammett. Dear Miss Smith. Dear Mr. Goldberg, thank you for your thank recent you for your application, application to the role, role of assistant producer. We're currently reviewing all applications and we'll get, get back, back to you as soon as we can. You can browse other vacancies at blah, 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 Due to the high blah, blah, blah. volume of applications, we're writing to inform you that unfortunately we won't be taking your application further. any further. Hello and welcome to Jobs Board, the podcast that voices the frustrations of three young journalists trying to break into the jobs market in the middle of a pandemic. I'm George Goldberg. I'm Ollie Hammett. And I'm Bryony Smith. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. So we might as well have a little bit of catch up. How have we been, guys and gals, on our job applications? How have they been going? I'm going to let Bryony go first. Oh, damn it. Why are you letting me go first? Because <laughs> I'm a gentleman. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, there have been job applications which have been done, um, several. Uh, haven't had any responses from last week's job applications, although some of them haven't yet had their closing date which has passed so I'm hoping obviously once that has passed um, I will get some responses of some sort Um, but yeah just plugging away at it this week has actually been I I don't know if you guys have found it but um, fairly slow in terms of the number of opportunities that that I've wanted to apply for so I've probably sent off four or five applications um, this week but there's not as many opportunities and I don't know if that's because of the increased coronavirus restrictions which are sort of coming in across the UK I don't know if that's some companies have decided to put their recruitment on hold but yeah I just haven't found as many opportunities to be honest with you this week that I wanted to apply for. I know what you mean and I've seen much fewer like journalism jobs and many more kind of either marketing or maybe government or sort of other sort of communications roles. Yeah the only journalism jobs that I have seen are social media based there haven't been as many sort of production or sort of broadcast journalism type roles. Yeah, like you say, a lot of them seem to cross into the PR or the marketing world. And you're not yeah. quite ready to cross over to that to that part of the world yet, Bryony. You're still I'm, holding. I'm not it. yet pivoting, as you put it. George. <laughs> I'm going to coin that. Yeah, no, that's your phrase for certainly. Um, no, I'm yeah. trying. I'm trying to stick with it and see what happens. I was talking to somebody a couple last week, maybe about this and about just sort of when do you actually decide to sort of you can call it pivot or you can call it maybe giving up depending on your perspective (laughs) um yeah I think it's there's got to be a sort of a statute of limitation on that kind of thing I've personally given myself until around Christmas Mm. that that's my personal kind of reevaluate life and where (laughs) if it is going anywhere but uh, as you two know, I did have a job interview for an internship. <gasps> yes, you cool. did. Yes. How did it go? Um, it went well, I think. Hopefully I'm not jinxing it, talking about it out loud, because uh, I, I, I'm trying to become more tempered in my expectations. I used to get really excited going through to the next stage of applications, but I feel like I've been here before. I thought it went okay. What type of interview was it? What was required? Um, It was like a... So prior to this, I had to do the standard, right, cover letter, CV. And then the next stage, uh, they gave me some material and I had to edit a video uh, using it for social media. Oh, right, Uh, yeah. And um, that actually came up in my interview. And um, (laughs) they kind of said like, yeah, it wasn't what we were expecting. And I was like, oh, dear, was it bad? So I kind of explained... um, 
because the task involved I had to edit a one minute video and I kind of explained oh if I had more time to play around with a social media video I would have done this blah 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 um, but I think I recovered it but uh, <laughs> as I was refreshing my um, emails coming out of the building uh, just to bring me back down to earth I had three rejection emails <laughs> for me. so I don't know maybe they might balance each other out we'll have to see but yeah. Well, everything is crossed for you, George. Fingers yeah, and toes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so what have you seen out on the interweb job-wise that you thought is frustrating or funny this week? Well, I've been, I've actually, I've seen essentially one job in the last week that I thought, oh yeah, I actually really could do that. And I'd really like to, because um, the re- realistically, I'm quite enjoying doing podcasts right now. And so whenever I see a podcast job, I go, actually, yeah, I'm probably better qualified to apply to that than anything else. Um, so I've been applying, I won't say who it's for, but it's a, it's a podcast at quite a reputable uh, radio network. Um, and the thing, I've been working on it for ages now, longer than I've been working on any application. Well, we're talking about five days. Um that is a considerable time, though, to spend on an application. Yeah, because it has three application questions, which are, tell us about yourself and why you've applied for this role. Okay, mm-hmm. I've got that far. Uh, pitch an idea for an episode. Mm-hmm. I've done that. And then the final question is, what's your favourite podcast show that isn't the show right now and why? Brackets. Please note, this does not have to be a news podcast. Mm. Now. I could tell them what my favourite podcast is. Would that be Jobsboard? Yeah, apart from Jobsboard, obviously. (laughs) I don't work on. Um, But it's just an absolutely sort of completely silly podcast run by the comedian Phil Wang, where they just talk about obscene things for an hour. And I just don't know that... (laughs) I don't know that that would really convince them that I could work on a fairly serious news podcast. So Mm. I'm kind of... Guessing myself, but, really. but maybe they just want to see your personality in that question. Because I'm feeling, I'm feeling like if you haven't done well in the first question, tell us about yourself, then you wouldn't proceed to the second question, which is pitch us an idea. Mm. And if those haven't gone well, then I'm assuming they wouldn't bother looking at number three, which is a bit like I don't know, a That's bit more about good. you. Mm. Am I right in thinking you've applied to the same job, Brittany? Yes, I have. Yeah. So I Do you mind if I ask what you said your favourite podcast was? Yeah, so I went for off menu. I went for Ah uh, yeah, solid. I went down the <clears throat> funny route as in a podcast that I actually genuinely enjoy because I thought if I hadn't done one the first question or second question, then there's there's they're probably not gonna look at the third one. That was my sort of thought process. Picture idea question. I was thinking about that for ages because this particular company they obviously cover a lot of topics, a lot of issues. So trying to come up with an original idea which was suitable, relevant now, why are you doing that story now? It did take me quite a while to think of something which I thought would be good enough. And then to distill it down into 250 words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it? the really difficult part. Because you, you just want to spend ages on, well, more than 250 words explaining why you should get the job. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's a toughie. I think, yeah, my main... Well, I think I'm going to go with something like You're Dead to Me, which is kind of semi-serious, semi-not, but ultimately educational. Mm. That's going to be my shtick. When you crack it, though, 
let me know because I've seen huh. so many job applications that have said, what is your favourite podcast? Really? And yeah, there's yeah. there's been two or three now that I've sent. And well, I've not been successful in any of them. So have you gone down the serious route or have you gone? I'd always go down what is my favourite podcast, which is NPR's Planet Money. Mm. Um, that's a, you know, that's a good podcast, George. That's, like <laughs> a, that's a good podcast to talk about. But all podcasts are good because I think it's just showing that you like like whatever you're listening to. But I'd, I just feel... When I write whatever answers, me just going, oh, yeah, it's interesting. Like, you have to really break it down. And almost it gets to the point where what I'm writing down isn't necessarily why I love it. It's just to show that I can think of all the tick boxing that they're, that they're probably looking for. Mm. Okay, uh, Bryony, what have you been looking at this week? So I wanted to discuss roles which why you to have two credits so I came across a position which was for a post-production runner role and it was on talent manager and it said that you needed at least two production or post-production runner credits and I think it's a bit confusing for a lot of people the credits sort of criteria because some organisations will look at work experience and or internships as credits some of them won't it'll have to be you know whether you've actually worked for them and then some of them I've seen which are really specific and it's if you actually have your name actually credited in either the opening or ending credits so that's kind of what I always assumed it was yeah it's not not always the case um that they will look at you know if you've worked for a company and you've done a role as a runner previously you're not always credited in the opening and end credits so you have done the position, you know, you have worked in a paid role, but you just won't necessarily be credited in in the opening or ending credits. So, yeah, that's why there's a bit of a confusion about it. And that's why I wanted to sort of draw attention to it. This this particular position, I liked that they specified that it had to be recent, relevant, terrestrial TV credits for major broadcasters. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it has to be from from this planet. Um, (laughs) and yeah they you know you just had to list a relevant experience and and send in your cv so it's quite a simple application but the the fact that they've got the criteria of two credits i think will confuse um a few people yeah and i find i personally find that quite demoralizing if i think that you know i can't even really apply to a runner job which supposedly is bottom bottom of the food chain yeah or the bottom rung rather Um, And I think it's more frustrating when, at least I can speak for both of you two, you both got the right energy. You just need possibly maybe someone at the very beginning just to like nudge you in the right direction, but you'll be able to get on and do the tasks. But it's because you just don't have literally those two research credits, which realistically, part of one reason why it's there is so they can start automatically filtering out candidates. Mm -hmm. It is annoying. Most people probably have the energy to apply it and like but their heart's in the right place but it's just because they don't have the experience to do it which they might have to take time off work which people can't afford and all of this stuff so it just kind of stops people from different backgrounds actually yeah I've seen a lot of people post how do you get a runner position or a research position when it requires you to have credit it's like the catch 22 um stuck between a rock and a hard place how do you get experience without having already experience if you're already working and you want to try and change fields, like you're scuppered because your work's not going to let you take time off work, really. To, well, you won't want to take time off work to go and work for another company. No, that, that's you don't it. want to use like your holiday. Yeah. I've heard of people who do that. You know, they sort of go, maybe not necessarily to be a runner, but to um, 
I, I did that last year, actually. So I wasn't working in journalism and I took a two-week holiday and did an internship for two weeks as my holiday. Wow. I guess you just got to do what you got to do, really. Yeah. You know, it, got the opportunity to do it. Then. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was an amazing opportunity and I, I definitely don't regret doing it, but that was my two-week holiday and I w- was not refreshed and recuperated because I was working <laughs> nine till seven every day. Yeah, you're working more than you were. Yeah, more than I was normally. normally yeah, and then yeah. I had came. I came back and then had to go straight back to work. So, yeah, it was tough, but um, it was a good experience in in that circumstance. It's a kind of vicious circle when applying when you think about the credits thing because it's um essentially you can't get the job unless you have previous credits. But then again, how are you supposed to get credits in the first place? Savage times. Have you been struggling with getting a job during lockdown? Email us at hello.jobsboard at gmail.com or tweet us at jobsboard. Okay, I think it's about time we moved it on after those confusing jobs and got our guest on for this week. So are you there, Ollie Smith? I am. Thanks for having me on. Woo! Hey! Oh, our second Ollie in a row. Ollie's make the best guess. How's your job hunting been going, Ollie? Well, you know, it's it's interesting just hearing all of my internal frustrations being voiced by you guys. So it's pretty much the same things, Rin. I think we've all applied for the same podcast job by the sounds of it. So it's uh, when you look, it always it always sort of despairs me when when I go on LinkedIn and I see sort of like, oh, 150 applications for this role. And I'm like, well, that's just on LinkedIn. Some people have gone straight to the website. And I'm like, wow it's so so many people and I'm like and I think about people like us where we've obviously all done a similar course some similar experience I'm like it must be really difficult to stand out at the moment really absolutely yeah Mm. especially when people who maybe had jobs before and then have been let go and actually have more experience than we do yeah well I've been watching a a mass exodus of voluntary redundancies at the BBC fill up my Twitter timeline over the course past couple of months so when when you see long serving very respected journalists especially in i've noticed in regional newsrooms leave i I feel like i've got no hope trying to compete against (laughs) these people who've been in the industry since well they've been making cups of tea since they were 18 and worked their way up uh and and you're here trying to make cups of tea you think yeah they well they've got more cups of tea (laughs) <laughs> work experience than you <laughs> so you're, you're, you're gonna struggle to even just offer to make that but they, the subject... they really know how to make a brew uh, yeah i think we can mean brew <laughs> that's always something that really worries me is that i don't drink tea or coffee and consequently i don't really know how to make either so i think <laughs> if i ever did get like work experience and was expect and like somebody asked me to do that i'd be terrified it was <laughs> genuinely the thing that gives me the most fear it sounds like what you're saying is I should put on the fact and on my CV that I'm actually a trained barista. Oh, you should. That, that would That's help. That's so cool. It? I didn't know you're that. Trained, yeah. yeah. That, that might help. help. <laughs> uh, maybe. I wonder if it will help your chances in play your CV right. Potentially, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you were talking about the BBC. I mean, I made the mistake recently of looking at the BBC's internal only applications. And 
the BBC is sort of prioritizing job people that they're actually laying off at the moment to give them a chance of staying in the company. And there were loads of research entry level jobs on there. I'm like, I shouldn't have looked at this. Because there was stuff at sort of news night, <laughs> BBC politics, and all researcher jobs. And I was like, it's the sort of thing I should be able to apply for. And it's none of it's even available. That's that's crazy, isn't it? I wonder why. I think it's just um... because, you know, they're forced to lay off people at the moment, but they want to keep them in the company. Well, Ollie, I suppose we'll find out whether you should put your coffee skill ability on your CV. I love this section. I, I really love it. So play your CV right. Uh, Ollie, I don't know whether you know, but um, this is where uh, we will scan your CV and um, offer some feedback. So big corporations like the BBC probably put your CV through a machine first and then convert all the lines um, onto the same document put them all on there to analyze and um, sometimes you can get some garbled information if you've got different columns so how do you think your cv might fare when it's put in through this system well when you say it like that i i actually changed my cv last week and now it's got two columns before that it was just one long straight thing that i'd on two pages and i was like no i need to clean this up now but from what you're saying now i've essentially made it worse to a robot Yeah, I was going to say, so Bryony and myself have opted for the two column. Well, I say me and Bryony, actually Bryony reverted. I've changed it, yeah, I've gone back to the the straight format. I've got rid of the two column. After her brutal feedback she got on on the very first episode. Yeah, basically all my sentences were jumbled up and I was like, oh... Yeah, you see, this is what kind of confuses me, because with a lot of these job websites, like the BBC's, you put all your details in and you put your CV on additionally. So I always assume that they would look at all of the sort of stuff you type in, and then they'd look at your CV afterwards, potentially. Well, that would make sense for, uh, because we've discussed on this podcast whether you should have one CV for a machine and another CV for human eyes. And probably in that case, it's probably the human eyes that do read your cv rather than a robot if you're having to put in the information before but then i know some jobs that i've applied to i've essentially put in my cv in again uh so i feel like they're not necessarily written in the best way so uh, i suppose we should probably find out how well you've done so uh, let me just put it into the uh, machine right now So just a quick recap before we release Ollie Smith's score. So our very own Ollie Hammett has 81 points and is at yes. first place. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is me at second, just just two points behind on um, 79. It is Ollie Roberts, our guest in yet last week's episode with 75 points. Then it's Ayush on 70 points and Bless bringing up the rear is Bryony on 64. That's so at fifth place. Oh, by the way, when, um, George, when do you think we should give Bryony another chance to like submit her CV? Oh. Because I, I feel a bit bad. I think Bryony should get <laughs> Well, maybe if she's now done her two-column CV, maybe in the next episode. We could have a special. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, food for thought. I'll be so disappointed <laughs> if it goes down. <laughs> Brother, I'd just be like, right. <laughs> Ollie, where do you think? 64? Do you think you could do higher than that? Uh, I th- potentially, yeah. I, 
I, I don't think it's a bad CV, but maybe to a robot we could be uh, slightly rinsed here. Okay, so you got... Come on, George, I can't. I'm the edge of my seat. 60 out of 100. So it means that, Briny, you're no oh, longer... I got a last wow. spot. It means clearly, you're going to give up the wooden spoon. Well, clearly, I've got to go back to the drawing board. No, I should but... emphasise Ollie sent me his CV in good faith and said it was a work in progress that he'd started recently. Your column, for example, you've opted for, I don't know how to best describe this, like the predominant meatiness of your information is in your right larger side. So it means that everything's being shoved to the left. And then the lines that you get on the left will start off the sentence in this machine's mind, and then it will kind of trail off into this other random sentence in its mind. So that might be one thing to consider. It likes how many words it's got. On the CV, it says it takes two minutes and 31 seconds, which is between the recommended two to three minutes. So you've done well there. You've got a low amount of glue words, such as on, the, in, of, those type of things. So it means it's highly readable. And you've A got low amount of what, sorry, George? Glue words. Glue words? Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, you've got some good action words on there. Um, it did have a little paddy over thinking that some of the URLs were actually words. Uh, so I, I told that off. Uh, so you can ignore that uh, but um, it did notice that you don't have many personal descriptors such as flexible and resilient and this might be because on your CV you're lacking a sort of a, a personal description personal profile section on there that might be because um, you're obviously trying to jam pack a lot of information on there so obviously you've decided not to prioritize it um, so it could be one thing that maybe if you're looking to implement more white space on your cv just allow things to breathe a bit more george i've just got a question about white space yes i read something in the week a very sneaky way of doing this is that some people write on their cvs in white writing keywords and so you can't see it you can't see if it's on a pdf or a saved document but the computer when it scans it finds it so yes. all the like like buzzwords that you get in CVs, some people type them up into the white space. Do, like, do you think that's actually a thing? Yeah, that's hundred percent. So that's called keyword stuffing. That uh, that this website. Keyword stuffing. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, it says it, but um, in one of the videos that um that you can view to, when it like comments on your CV, um, it will say that if you get caught out, recruiters really badly frown on it. So what would happen is obviously when because it's white and if you let's say your background's white and the text is white obviously you can't see it but it will essentially if you highlight it on the line that you've got keywords on um, you know when you highlight stuff it often has like a blue background you'll yeah. be able to then be able to see so recruiters do know this and obviously it's one way for you to try and get around it but realistically if you're doing that then you should be tailoring your cv points to really reflect those comments so yeah, that, that, those are a couple of points, Ollie, for you to uh, to look at. Obviously, there'll be a, I'll send you a report for you to have a quick look over. But uh, do you think there are things that you could possibly improve upon? It's also noticed that, um, that you repeated the f phrase a week of work experience quite a bit. So you might want to look at sort of changing that up a bit. Yeah, a bit more variety. So that was great. Yeah, I'll, just, uh, I'll implement everything. Just going back to that recruiters thing, George. Uh, if they see that you've been keyword stuffing, what's the worst that could happen? 
Is there such thing as being blacklisted? I think they would reject your application. Oh, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But ah. They may well just do that anyway. That's true. Um, so are you kind of balancing it off what the trade-off is here? So if you think you're going to get rejected yeah. anyway. I'm not condoning that people do it either. Don't, don't do keyword stuffing. But, it, um, but yes, it, I think recruiters are aware of this. And it is really obvious when I'd say the things that we've been saying about if you've got two columns and they appear on the same line, I think it's easier for when you see the transcript that it produces of all these random words it's easier to detect that, oh, there was two columns on this CV based on where the bullet points and all these other like elements feature. But if you've just got random bits of keywords, it's going to be 100% easier for them to detect that because they will go, oh, you've got no grammar here. You've got none of this. So I think it will be able to be picked up. But obviously, I must put a big asterisk over this. I'm just a boy with a website. <laughs> I'm just a boy. <laughs> Come on, George, you're the guru. Uh, well, well, if I was a guru, I would be hired. Just bear in mind. So, Ollie, don't obviously take this in good faith. But yes, I think we've all got something to learn here. One thing I really liked about your CV, Ollie, is that you included links to the work that you've done. So mm. I noticed that you've done um, a radio portfolio and a TV portfolio and like a podcast. You've got a link to that which I think is really helpful when you're applying for a job because if they want to look at it, they don't have to hunt for it. They don't have to stalk you on LinkedIn or something like that. They can just clink, click on clink. <laughs> they can just click on the uh, hyperlink. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, it's nice not to be rinsed and everything. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah I, was, I wanted to like, just make it easier. Because how did you find <laughs> doing those portfolio things? Did you look at a lot of um, show reels beforehand or did you just go ahead and edit it uh i edited it initially then i looked at a couple of others and made a few tweaks but i don't think there's i don't think there's too much in it i mean i initially had a bit of music underneath the tv one and i thought no i made it a bit more snappy and sharp and i quite enjoyed doing them really it was just fun editing but no i thought i think it was quite do you have any tips to share yeah Ooh. um i'd say i wouldn't worry too much about the length I think as long as you're no sure, because the fact they've clicked on the link, I think shows they're willing to actually view it and see what you're about. And uh, I'd say, you know, put your actual, don't just focus on your, with the TV, for example, don't just focus on your pieces to camera and make sure you've got some of your, you know, good voiceover and good shots in there as well. So you're showcasing your all round journalism and not just your on-screen presentation. One of my favourite pieces that you did, Ollie, was actually something that you did this time last year, which was a Halloween pumpkin shoot. Oh yeah, that was a that was a great day out. Yeah. Going back to your portfolio, what sort of what shape does it take? Is it a video? Is it one long, not long, but one sort of compilation of your work, or do you have separate links? No, so it's all one video for TV. I'm just based on TV here because I have a separate one for radio. Uh, the TV is literally just. I think I took sort of the, me hosting in the studio as a sort of base to it. So that introduces me and that signs me off. And I have bits of me in that throughout. And then I put my actual pieces and bits of journalism within those segments. So I'm constantly cutting back and forth. So it looks like I'm almost presenting myself sometimes, which is a bit weird, but I think it breaks it up quite nicely. Oh, so you like you hand over to yourself? Uh, well, no, no, not really like that. But it, it just it sort of introduces me and it signs me off, which gives it sort of a nice 
rounded oh, feel to it, which I couldn't have done if I didn't have the footage of me in the studio. And where um where are you uploading it to? Is it like a Google Drive? Is it a YouTube video? Yeah, I did it Google it? Drive initially, but I found it was a bit awkward in some places because I could access it on my phone, for example, but not my laptop. So I was worried recruiters wouldn't be able to do so either. So everything's now on YouTube, really easy to access. I think it's much better on there than Google Drive. Okay, good. I think it's about time we moved it on to the final section of our show called There's Always This, in which we, Ollie, are going to give you three options for, let's call it pivoting careers, um, <laughs> if you just decide maybe maybe journalism might be a bit tough to get into right now, and you might just want to have focus on other things and um, and have a different career path. So what have we got for Ollie this week, guys? I've got a cracker. I've got a really cool one. I'm actually a big fan of this job. Oh, okay. So this alternative position, alternative career, is a junior brewer. So the advert reads, everyone wants to drink quality fresh beer. This position, the day-to-day role, consists of assisting the head brewer in managing and developing drinks and flavours within the business, including flavour development, of existing new ciders, lagers, ales and stouts, assisting and supporting innovative product development and stock control. Wow. High prices, hyperbole, and every brewery making claim to the best IPA since sliced yeast has excluded many of them from the craft beer revolution. Oh, I see. It's very well written. Can't deny it. Very well written. <laughs> I do like the little sliced yeast. Uh... Sliced yeast is it? Is I, it I feel like you need to be a professional or proficient in dad jokes for this. Uh, <laughs> this <world. laughs> But how cool is that? Developing new flavours of existing new ciders, lagers and ales. So I'm guessing there's no disclaimer that you can't sample the produce. I think you'd have to, to make sure that it tasted okay. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'm sure at some point you'd have to. Maybe that's another job, is the taster. (laughs) So what do you think of that, Ollie? Does it uh, tickle your fancy? Well, I guess it's not too dissimilar to being a barista. But um, I think it's a bit too much of a pivot for me, although it is very tempting. You know, it's some uh, potential oh, okay. lovely flavours there. Let me show you what I've got for you, Ollie. Um, now, this is a starter job, but I think it could lead to greater things. So, Mecca Bingo in Wood Green <laughs> is looking for a team member. I'm loving this already. <laughs> um, and I had this particularly with you in mind, Ollie, because I thought it would be great for you to work your way up to Bingo Caller. That actually sounds like an amazing yeah. job. Would that, be? that would yeah. be. A... And I reckon you could. You know, you've got, got a deep voice. The old ladies would probably take a shine to you. <laughs> I think I you know, it's... it's a definite job that you could do, and you'd have to start at the bottom. I mean, it's not but... a far cry from radio uh, presenter, is it? <laughs> Ollie, do you know any Bingo lingo? Um... I mean, I, I can only think of the rude ones I've heard from Jack Whitehall, so I'm not going to say any of those on the podcast. <laughs> you don't um, want to ruin your recruitment opportunities on this podcast, yeah, so... No, I'm very careful. <laughs> duck, and, duck and dive? <laughs> Number five. Five? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Okay. Duck? You're rubbish at I know, this, guys. Um, there's uh, two fat ladies, 88. Mm-hmm. I know that one. <laughs> Tickety-boo? 22? 62. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, are there any ones like sick on the floor? Gavin and Stacey would be, 
<laughs> there's a great there's an episode of Gavin and Stacey where they go to bingo and the caller says yours and mine 69 <laughs> I hope they do that for real <laughs> um, George what have you got for Ollie? well um, I'm a bit worried now because uh, Ollie was saying he doesn't want to pivot too much but I feel like mine's so much of a pivot in the actual job description well to be fair we complain how we struggle to get entry level jobs on this programme well, this mentions about how this role is suitable for someone who's retired. So maybe just leapfrogging a bit <laughs> too far into the future. Um, wow. I mean, what does this say about your opinion of me? Uh, well, well, I don't. I thought personally you'd be good at this great job because who wants to, uh, for their living, go around setting off fire alarms at buildings? So yes, you did hear me right. This is a fire what? alarm weekly tester. Oh, okay. Whoa. Uh, so you just go around, uh, and it's a part-time job. They're looking for someone working for two days a week. Could could possibly, depending on the future needs of the business, go up to a maximum of three days per week. Uh, but yes, you go around testing these fire alarm systems, um, recording stuff down on the job sheet. Uh, and uh, I, I think I think this is a pretty good job. Maybe uh, maybe not the best paid, but I think if you're retired, it keeps keeps the grey matter ticking over. Um, and I think, I think Oli, you might have the height associated I mean, with this. To... Oh, I see what you're going for, the height. Yeah, yeah. like you might yeah. need like oh. some cool cabinets that are up high. You might need to like open them rather than get a ladder out and faff with all of that. You a little just... broomstick, just, you know. Exactly. Hmm. It is, it's worth thinking about. It's worth thinking about, but I'm going to decline. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a polite way of saying it. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, no, Ollie, I've got some bad news for you. You have to choose one of these. Do I? So, the brewery, yeah. the bingo, or the fire alarms? Hmm. Or the fire alarm. It sounds like a weird novel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Of those three, being a bingo announcer would definitely be the coolest. Oh, wouldn't it? I mean, just, I just the laugh. Mm-hmm. I really could. The oh, audience and the applause and the prestige. Afternoon, ladies. Oh, yes. Welcome to the bingo with me. I look forward to hearing this on your uh, radio <laughs> reel. I think a lot of bingo callers probably are frustrated radio presenters. It must be kind of a fallback for a lot of people. It might be the new way in with the uh, closure of a uh, local press. You, n- you never know. This might be our way in. Maybe we should start a bingo podcast. <laughs> yeah, the reward is we give you job advice. Okay, so we've all won one of this round now, which is good. I actually, I think I like this sort of competition between ourselves on the show. Um, and I think we should continue it as much as possible. Uh, okay, so finally, we thought we'd try and be even more useful than we already have been to our brilliant listeners out there. And we'd actually focus on one job a week that actually uh, is a big deal and that we think you know as many people as possible should be applying to. So George has got it this week. Take it away, George. So if you fancied working for The Economist, they've got a fantastic social media fellowship that is up. Um, it's currently being advertised on journoresources.org.uk, um, run by the fantastic Jem Collins. Um, it asks as part of the application for a CV cover letter, a 400 word post um, for The Economist blog on a topic of your choice, two tweets and one Facebook post to promote the article, 
and a 200-word pitch on a novel new idea to promote the article on any social media. And essentially what you're doing as part of the role is you're collaborating with different editors at The Economist who work all across the globe, um, producing films, podcasts, and Instagram stories. They've got a couple of requirements on there, but uh, I won't labour over them, but they're up there on journalresources.org.uk. We'll make sure to uh, tweet it out. If it interests you, um, it's got you've got until the eighth of November, and it pays a handsome two thousand per calendar month. Very nice. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't sniff at that. Sounds like a great opportunity. It does. The application sounds. Odd. Uh, <laughs> oh. <Yeah. laughs> okay. Make sure if you're interested in that job to go and apply. Thank you so much to Ollie for being our guest this week. It's been great to have you. Uh, we'll have to get you on again sometime and see if your CV can do any better. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's been uh, great to be on here. And uh, can I plug my own podcast? <laughs> oh, yes, you can. Ollie also does a podcast that is great, and everyone should listen to it. Thank you very much. It's called Politics Mad, available on Twitter, Anchor, and Facebook. Thank you. <laughs> and, and what is it about? <laughs> it's <more rough. laughs> thanks, Bryony. Yeah, um, the t- as the title would suggest, it is about politics. And it's we basically we break down the interesting domestic and lesser known international political news of the week. We don't talk about coronavirus whatsoever because we want to focus on the issues that are going under the radar. And it's really interesting. We get lots of interesting clips, discussions going. So if that interests you, then feel free to check it out. Yeah, Sounds great. Amazing. And done with the fantastic Ralph San, the crack team there of Smith and San. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, I think that's all we've got time for this week on Jobs Board. But make sure you give us a follow on Twitter, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends, keep applying for jobs, don't let the man get you down, and good luck with everything, I guess, until next week. And we'll be back next week to fill you in on what we've been up to. Goodbye from George. Goodbye. And goodbye from Bryony. Goodbye. See you later.